Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. It's Jesus and he is talking with some Pharisees about the Sabbath day. It's going to be kind of where we are headed today. Um, It says one Sabbath day. As Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law of harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the needs of the Sabbath. Look at your neighbor and and elbow him and say, Stop it. Look at him and say, just stop it, stop it. You guys, are, you're leaving them hanging. They're like, what's going on? Uh, it says, the Son of Man is the Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, I know you've been wanting to tell them all week long, stop it, just stop that thing. Um, last week, I had you, uh, when, when we sat down um, after reading the verse, I said, hey, ask the people next to you, how are you? And I said, you can't say, uh, fine, good, busy, or tired. All right, and you had to think of something creative outside of those four. I know you're busy, so today you're going to, on a scale of 1 to 10, tell them how busy you are. How, how busy are you? So as you're seated, say hello to like two or three people, and on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm not busy 1 or I'm 10, like super busy. Just let them know your number, all right? And if you're online, you can do that too. So greet somebody for about 30 seconds, let them know how busy you are, and then you can have a seat. Online, if you are online, tell me how busy you are. A 15? <laughs> All right, you can go ahead and have a seat. If you're online, let me know your number. How busy are you? I see Dakota, Lindy, Linda, Stephen. We got a, some sevens coming in. All right, who's a seven? Who's a seven? Any any sevens? All right, it's a good safe number. I'm busy, but I don't want to like claim the ten number. All right, I get it. I get it. Um, Jesus in Jesus's time, we're going to talk about this word Sabbath, which is this real kind of uh, kind of a churchy word. If you're not a if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're new to Christianity, we're going to try to break this down and explain it. Um, at the same time, by the end of the day, uh, even if you're not a follower of Christ, and we're, like, we're going to learn like, okay, this is how this applies to me, this Sabbath thing. I think even if you're not a follower of Christ, this is something that you want and that you would be like, hey, I actually like, I want this in my life. It'd be a, a helpful thing. So today we're going to try to break it down um, a little bit. Jesus in his time, they're, they're going off on Jesus and his disciples because they're picking uh, some, going through the grain fields, picking off some heads of grain. And so in their time, in the first century to the Jews, they were super legalistic about the Sabbath, which was actually on a Saturday for them. And so they had all these rigid rules to say, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take this whole day off and you got to follow all the rules. And they put all of these rules around it. Super legalistic. In, in our day, in the 21st century, we are the complete opposite. We are not legalistic about this at all. Um, maybe we, we observe it or try to, but it's, we don't have all of these rigid rules of, 
hey, you can't even make a paper airplane. That would be considered work on the Sabbath. You can't even do that. We, most of us, we don't even have this concept. So when Jesus, he tells them, he says, um, you know, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not the people to meet the needs of requirements. He would probably have them focus on the second half of that verse. Like people aren't made to meet the needs of the Sabbath. But for us today, I think he would make us probably focus on the first half of that verse, that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, something that we typically, if we were honest, would just totally neglect this this Sabbath idea, this Sabbath principle that we're going to talk about today that I think is going to be so helpful for our souls. We're in soul therapy sessions Last week, we talked about slowing it down. If you weren't here last week, it got a little bit raw, a little bit vulnerable. And I want to say thank you to you, one, for being so encouraging to me, but it really wasn't about me. Like what really encouraged me was the conversations afterwards and you were so vulnerable and raw and open to taking next steps and hearing from God and saying, hey, maybe I do need to slow down in some of these areas and and taking moments out of each day to do that. It's a, it's, it's soul therapy. Jesus said, what's more valuable than your soul? Nothing. So what we are doing here is taking care of our most prized possession and in, in looking at things that really matter to our soul, despite the fact that mandates are happening. People that we know, jobs are, are they might be lost, or people who we know and loved are moving away. It, it, the COVID is still happening. Like it's a crazy, intense, chaotic time. It seems like one hit after another, like murder hornets next, right? And, and so I want us and our soul and the way we operate, no matter what murder hornet thing comes next, we're okay. Like it's still, we can call it for what it is and say, I don't like it. I don't want it. We can grieve it, but it is not going to throw our faith for a loop. In fact, you will be a, a bright light of hope to the people around you in the middle of the chaos. And I feel like a lot of us, we're doing soul therapy because our souls are not at rest. Our souls are hurting and in pain. And we talked about hurry last week. The hurried soul. Why don't we go to therapy? We're too busy for it. Why don't we do soul therapy? I'm too busy for it. I don't have time to slow down, Mike. I got this. And we talked about real quickly, I'm not going to go into these. You can watch next week, but just to recap, uh, Mark Comer in his book, the, uh, Eliminate, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He said, 10 symptoms of a hurried soul that you're going too fast in this life. Irritability, you're hypersensitive, restless, you're a workaholic, emotionally numb, pro- your priorities are out of order, lack of care for your body, just basic health and sleep, nutrition and exercise. You have escapist behaviors. Uh, we lack spiritual discipline. So, our, you know, the community, Getting into God's word and getting a word from God and reading his word and prayer uh, are like the first things to go when we're in a hurry. And so we'll set, we settle. Rather than getting us nutrition for our soul and nourishing our soul and like getting refreshed and replenished, we'll settle for those escapist behaviors. We'll Netflix and chill. And I'm not against Netflix and chilling, but it's just like we'll settle for potato chips and it doesn't really give us any sort of vital nutrition for our soul. And so we'll, you name your narcotic of choice, we'll go chase that and numb ourselves off just so we don't have to worry about all the other things. And there's a better way. Jesus offers a better way, which also leads to isolation. Like that's another 
part of being a, a symptom of a hurried soul is I, I isolate. I feel isolated from God. I feel isolated from others. And so I, there's too many that I can check off on that list of 10 where I'm like, uh, 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 maybe I have a hurried soul. So we talked about that. And Jesus says the Sabbath, Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. So today, our, our session number two, last week we slowed down. This week we're going to stop, all right? This week we are going to stop. So again, just help me out. You, some of you guys didn't do it the first time. Elbow your neighbor, give them a good one, and just say, stop it. You, you're still leaving them hanging. They're kind of scared now. They're like, ah, stop it. Uh, Sabbath, the word comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. And I got to be careful how I say that word, but it's my new favorite word, Shabbat. And it means to stop, to, to rest, to cease. And we get this picture from Genesis 2, but we also get it from the Ten Commandments. This is a command that Jesus gives to the Israelites. They had been in slavery for 400 years in Egypt, and now they're coming out. You know, we've got the ten plagues, and God just totally miraculously frees Israel from Egypt. They're moving into the promised land. So in Exodus, they're, they're coming out, and he gives them the Ten Commandments. And so this one, this one makes it in there. I'm going to read to you what it is and want to talk about why and how it's helpful for us today. In Exodus chapter 20, this is the command. It says, remember, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Now, he gives a really big, long explanation to this. I think it's interesting that he, he commands us to stop and rest. It's a, it's a discipline, a spiritual discipline. And it's the only one that makes the top ten. He doesn't say, hey, go, I command you, thou shalt go to church. Thou shalt read your Bible. Thou shalt pray. Like, those aren't bad things at all, but this one gets a command. Thou shalt stop. Thou shalt rest. You've got you to put this one into to practice. And he says that the why goes back to creation. Why would you do this? Because this is how God set things up. He worked, and he worked, and he worked. And then on the seventh day, he rested. He created on the seventh day. He created rest, and it's as if creation, us, are not complete fully until rest happens. So if you are on the go, on the go, on the go, and you are restless, it's, it's by design, by creation, to say you're supposed to stop. And God, God created this to bring us to rest. He goes back to creation as to why you should do this, because it's wired inside of us. You will always be wrestling around, and you're trying to fix it by doing more. Now, he says this day is a day that is for rest and for worship. It says it's a Sabbath to the Lord. So you're going to dedicate this day to God. It is rest and worship. So when I'm thinking about Sabbath, I'm thinking about it through the, through the lens of those two things. Is it restful and is it worshipful? All right? And I'm, I'm going through those. But... I want to kind of peel that back. I'm not going to try to change definitions on you, but I think we have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to those words. Rest and worship. You're like, oh, great. 
Like, this is a day where we just do nothing, and then we sit, and like, we got to pray for a long time, and then Mike's going to tell us, like, we got to read the Bible, and then we got to go to church, and then we, like, sing some songs, and then maybe take a nap, and then somewhere in there, I got to, like, try to teach my kids a Bible study, which that is just going to be torture. Like, this does not sound worshipful or restful whatsoever. Like, this is a burden, not a gift for me. And I think that's the misconception that I have. And a lot of us, when we think about it, we're just like, uh-uh, I don't want any part of this. It's where, where this idea of Sabbath, we would just say, Mike, you know what? I like to be productive. I like to kind of stay busy. Like, I know this Sabbath thing, but, you know, I'm kind of... But God rested. God rested. Yeah, Sabbath... Yada, 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 yada. You know, Mike, I got a demanding job. And if I'm supposed to stop for 24 hours, like I'm already behind and then just things are going to pick up and pick up and pick up. And like, I, it's just not that, like, if that's what it is, I don't really, you know, I'm going to keep on working because that's, and God rested. Mike, I got two kids at home, all right? Stopping and resting just isn't in our, our vocabulary right now. Like, it would be nice, but no, maybe later when God, excuse my language, freaking rested. This is a concept that we cannot ignore. And I want to try to... to do away with some of the misconceptions that we have about this day. My goal is that this would be a day that you would actually be your favorite day of the week. That, that Shabbat would be something you're like, you would anticipate that you would want. And you're like, I don't want to miss this. That there's a gift inside of here for me. And it's not, a, it's not your day off where we think about, oh, well, I got a day off of work. And we go and we run errands all day. <laughs> or we just do the laundry or we got our list of housework chores that we got to do. That's not Shabbat. And what, what, what he's trying to gift us in in this scenario. We try to fight Shabbat, we fight God. And if we fight God, we're fighting our soul. So I know I got a, I got a ways to go in this to try to explain this and unpack it. And I don't know if I'm going to communicate it well, but to me, like this has been so in the past month or two, so vital to me. It's my, fa it's my favorite day of the week. And so when I think about rest and worship, and I get that confused, I want us to think maybe about the two words, energy and focus. All right, I'm not trying to redefine things, but instead of rest, and I would think, oh, well, I just got to lay down and do nothing. What gives you energy? What fills you up and brings you joy in life? A couple weeks ago, it was nothing restful. We went to Bandelier, and we hiked Bandelier. I was physically tired after going and hiking Bandelier, but that energized me and gave, filled me up for the day. And, and so that, to me, was restful. So I want you to think about it in terms of what's going to give you energy. Now, Rita, nothing to get, I'm going to kind of explain this. Rita didn't go with us to Bandelier because that was not going to be restful for her. You got to understand what builds you up is probably not going to build your spouse up. 
So certain things are going to give you energy, but not the person next to you. And that's okay. We're uniquely wired in this. There's a lot of freedom in Shabbat. To not say you have to do it this exact way. God created you. There's going to be things that build you up and give you energy, but also focus. Because I could go to Bandelier, but that doesn't really set my mind towards God, like a wholehearted life, wholehearted life oriented towards God to where I'm kind of focused in on him. But for me, it was. Like, I'm out in nature. I'm with my kids. I love it. And so in that time, I'm like, this is not only building me up and restful, but it's also got me thinking God for the day. Like, I just loved it. I'm taking photos and all that thing. So I want you to put it through that grid of what has your focus in, in worship. It does, it's not songs. It can be. And that's what I love about Sunday mornings. We, this is, we, are, we are Shabbating here. I've got to be careful how I say that. We are Shabbating in the sense that we are stopping from all the drama of the outside, and we are focusing in on God during this time to say, hey, for this one hour, this is, this is a Sabbath time here. Hopefully, you get encouraged and it builds you up a little bit and gives you some energy as you leave. It's a mindset. And as, we, as I said, sometimes we, we have this mindset that it's a burden. Like, oh, well, I got to do all these prayers. We can only listen to Caleb today or something like that. And we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. No, it's something that you would actually look forward to and have joy in. But also this idea of stopping, let's just be honest. We went through this last year in COVID. How restful was that to where the whole world just stopped? I was more anxious, more irritable, hanging out with my family. Like, it was uncomfortable. And we're like, I just want to be busy because I don't want that. Let's be honest. Margin and space and Shabbat and silence and solitude is uncomfortable. And because we distaste discomfort, we will avoid the promised land that God has for us and will wander in the wilderness for 40 years. I, that's too, too uncomfortable. I don't want to cross the Jordan and go into what God promised me. And so we will avoid discomfort. And some of us, we will wander for 40 years avoiding what God has called us to do. There's something greater for you on the other side of this even through your discomfort. Slowing down is not natural for us. I think that's why God had to command it. Please, please stop. Please slow down. I'm commanding you to, to please slow down. So let's, let's talk about how. How do we do this, all right? It's, it's uh, energy and, and, and focus. It's rest and worship. It's the same. He says, that day when you Shabbat, it is blessed and it is holy. Like, you don't, you don't have to go to a place. It's, I'm there. I'm on a day. It's in time. In that, in that time frame, that is blessed. He blessed humanity and he, he blessed animals. He said, go, be, be fruitful and multiply. But then he blessed the day. And, if, and it's kind of like, well, why would he bless time? But he's saying, in that space, in that moment of, of Shabbat, my blessing is there. Just like the animals and the humanity will bless and give life into earth, this is going to give life 
to you if you would, if you would stop. And I'll say one other thing, too, because I, like, I'm not being legalistic about a day, okay? So let me just be, try to be clear. Maybe it's not this 24-hour period on a Sunday. I, again, this is like a, a life principle that we live. There's debate. Some people are like, no, it's Sunday or it's Saturday or it's this 24-hour period somewhere in your week and you Shabbat. Others are like, no, we're free of that. And it's kind of like this, this lifestyle that we live. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, it's, it's this lifestyle that we live. But at the same time, I'm trying to practice a 24-hour Shabbat. Put the phone down. Nothing productive. Let's, let's really focus in. And I think you're going to like it. So I'm not legalistic on it, but at the same time, like I think it's a healthy practice to start putting in to our lives. I'm not going to do the laundry. I'm not going to mow the lawn. I'm not going to do all these things. I'm going to do things that bring me life and energy. And I'm going to, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to allow that to have me focus in on God. And I'm going to fill back up. So one of the things is, is delight. All right. How do I do this? Delight. This day was meant to be a delight, a joy. In Deuteronomy, this command comes up again. Moses tells the Israelites, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then he kind of explains a lot of it, and it sounds the same. But one change in the word. He said, observe. Previously in Exodus, he said, remember. This is Deuteronomy comes 40 years later. That first generation didn't want discomfort. They were too afraid to cross into the promised land. So they wandered for 40 years, and God said, nope, you ain't going to make it in. You're not doing what I asked you to do. You're not going to make it in. The next generation will come. So generation two comes in, and this time the command changed. It says, observe the Sabbath day. All right, so the younger, the next generation is going to try to conquer this, which I would say, if you're not going to try to conquer this, then you're going to leave it to the next generation, your sons and daughters to try to figure this out. Help them out by you figuring this out. Now, he says, observe instead of remember. Slight change. How do you observe Easter or Christmas? You hide eggs, make sure the kids find them. You're like, you, set, you set that time aside. If you're going to observe a holiday, the big one, like you're, you're thinking about like the whole, our, the school system shuts down or whatever, and I'm not trying to debate all this stuff, but like we plan for it. We make trips, we got plans, it's in advance, we decorate, we observe it, right? Think about this. Observe the Sabbath. He wants that every week. Minus all the family drama that comes with Christmas and the stress. It's as if he were to try to say, I want, like, let's have a beach day once a week. Can we just stop everything and have a beach day? I'm trying to gift you something here. I'm trying to give you something that's made for, for, for man. So ask yourself this question, what could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with joy, with awe, and with wonder? Shabbat, experienced the way God intended it, would be the best day of the week. Something that you anticipated, something that you planned for, something that you delighted in. For me, and it, like lately, it's, it's been a feast. Shabbat has started with this giant ball of, of cookie dough, and I put it in the oven, and I bake it, and then I get this giant tub of ice cream. And when that cookie dough comes out and it's nice and soft and gooey and hot and I pour on the ice cream 
and I feast on that. To me, it's been like this most anticipated meal of the week. It's a delight, and I'm thankful for that. It could be play or dancing, enjoying a long, slow meal with friends, singing, praying, laughing, reading, going for a walk, making love. It is something to bring joy and delight into your life. When I started to realize this, like something that shifted in my brain, kind of going on the last week of slowing down, like my story in ministry doesn't have to earn in burnout. My story in in ministry, because I'm on the go, on the go, on the go, doesn't have to end in moral failure. And I've seen so many. You don't have to think too far of somebody who's burned out and gone to moral failure. Let me tell you something. Shabbat is coming for you. You get to choose. Is it going to come as a discipline or a delight? I choose delight. (laughs) I don't want God's discipline in my life, but it is coming. You will stop at some point. Your body and mind will shut down and it oozes out. I want it to be a delight. So this is a beautiful thing in delight. Again, under the filter of, is it bringing me energy, and is it focused in in worship towards God? Because here's the other part of it. It is also resistance. Saying no. So some of you, you do not need to feast on cookies and ice cream for your Shabbat meal. You need to, that's between you and God, but you need to say no because you've been saying yes to sugar all week long. And something you can't say no to is an idol. It is your master and you are a slave. Part of Shabbat is being able to say no. It's being able to say no. I want, so once a week, This does not control me. And I'm going to put this in to practice. Because he says, observe the Sabbath day, plan for it. All right? If you don't plan for cookies and ice cream, it's not just going to happen. All right? You got to make this happen in your life. You got to create the rest that you're searching for. But he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought them out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, that's an entirely different reasoning than he gave 40 years ago. 40 years ago, he said, do this because it's built and wired in your DNA in creation. Now he's saying, do this because you remember you were slaves. See, at this point, they were 40 years into freedom. Their bodies were free but their minds were not. Say that again. Their bodies were free, but their minds were not. They were still in slavery. This Shabbat is a mindset. It is part of physically practicing, but we are breaking the chains of bondage in our mind in this process. You got to imagine if I was in their shoes, could you imagine how crazy this is? Take a day off? Like we've never seen a day off. 
Like the previous generation, slaves don't have a choice to take a day off. They work every single day. They don't, it is work, and most of them, because it was slavery for 400 years, that's all they did. Their entire life was work with no days off. And the guys say, no, no, we're not going to act like that here. See, slaves would have this mindset of like I'm a scarcity mindset. I'm not going to have enough. I, I got to work and earn more. What if I'm going to be unproductive? Will my family have enough if we stop working? Egypt, Egypt is alive and well today. Slaves could not say no. And there are things in our lives that you know and I know that we have a tough time saying no to. Sugar, I mentioned that. Phone, I mentioned that. Work. I mean, work comes to us on our phone now. It follows us everywhere we go. That extra throw pillow, I don't know how many pillows we need in the house, but we get extra pillows all the time, can't say no. Your kid's schedule. Can you say no to your kid's schedule? I'm going to tell you something, parents. This is a little parenting seminar. You set the pace in your house. You set the pace in your house. And don't expect to this to be a popularity contest if you start slowing the pace in your home. You're not going to like it. But you set the pace in your home for what's going to be done in that schedule. Galatians 5.1. I'm, oh, wow, I'm way over time. <laughs> That's why I have a timer up here. Let me wrap this up. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to a yoke of slavery. You don't have to live this way anymore. He's trying to set our minds free in this. Delight, get your focus on God, build your energy up, but let's break some of the bondage that is in our mind. I guarantee you, if you start slowing down and you start, and you start stopping, that sounds weird, if you stop, you're going to see the things that you're so worried about, the things that you're so frustrated about, the things that are like, oh, I got to have this, or I got to do this, I got to, got to, got to, got to. It actually wasn't that big of a deal to begin with in the first place. Yesterday, we went to uh, McCall's Pumpkin Patch. I'm going to trigger you, Rita. We went to McCall's Pumpkin Patch, and we went through, and we, we said the boys could have some money to play some games or get some candy or some popcorn or something. And uh, one of our boys got a slushie. It was $3. He spent $3 out of his $15 for the day for a slushie. Well, the slushie wasn't quite up to his standards as a slushie. So he wanted his money back. Only is you ain't getting your money back. You spent the money, it's gone. Sorry, out of luck. And he was freaking out. Ah, you know, just crying. And like, I can't believe you'd be so terrible and not give me my $3 back. Like, I just want it back. And ah, you know, we're trying to calm him down. Like, this, this is kind of part of it or whatever. We go through the rest of the day. But like, by today, today, I don't know, Rita, I haven't heard him say anything about the slushy today. Like, he gets some space removed from the slushy and the $3 that he lost, and it's totally out of his mind. Not that big of a deal. I think God's trying to give us some space from some of those things so he can speak and work in of those things and say, I got this. They were, this, this group that was moving into the promised land, 
They were hungry. They didn't have food, so God provided manna. Say, I'm going to take care of you. With this, this outstretched arm of provision, you don't, you don't have to, I'll take care of it. And he said, he said to Moses, I'm going to provide it. And Moses says, you're going to eat this manna today because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. So for six days, the manna was provided. But on the seventh day, God didn't provide any manna. There was nothing. So he said, on day six, you're going to get double the amount. You're not going to have to do double the amount of work. It's just going to be there. Trust me, I'll provide it. You'll have enough for day seven. But on day seven, don't go out to the fields. Don't try to do it because you're not going to fight. So he says, eat that, that extra on the Sabbath day. Today is the Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. And that has really stood out to me this week. I don't know what you're searching for in all the hurry, in all the work, in all the worry. When you are on the go and on the go and on the go. He says, if you keep going, whatever you're searching for during when you should be resting, whatever you're searching for, you will not find any of it. I don't know what you're searching for. In a weird way, this was all designed by God in the first place. We have this infinite desire inside of us that's constantly yearning for more, that's constantly scratching, that's constantly itching, that's like, ah, oh, I want this for satisfaction, oh, I want this for pleasure, or oh, I want, and we, we go. It's designed by God. That void that we're searching to fill, that we're, we're, you will never satisfy it in any of it. You will not find it there. Jesus, later on, he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath rest. So what you're looking for ultimately as you rest in this Sabbath, you're proclaiming Jesus to say, he's my Sabbath. He's enough. I have enough. I don't need to go and gather more and more and more and more and more. I have enough because Jesus is enough in me. So when I stop, I delight, I resist to say, you're not a master of me. And I say, Jesus is enough. And when you start practicing this, I don't care if you do it for 24 hours in a, in a week span, or I don't care if you do it for 30 minutes a day. You practice Shabbat and you live this principle. It affects every day of your life when you start doing this because you'll slow things down and you'll start seeing that Jesus is enough. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you'll start hearing from God more clearly in this space, in this margin you'll start being a little bit more at peace with things that are when chaos is going around. You'll start being present with the people. I start seeing my kids a little bit better. I start seeing my wife just a little bit better. I start being present with God and with the people around me just a little bit better because I've slowed things down. Jesus. Jesus is enough. And that's what I proclaim. Let's stand. Let's stand. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through the grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said, look, why are they breaking the law? 
by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Don't make this a legalistic thing. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. He's trying to give you something that you need to fill up your soul. Soul therapy session number two, stop, stop, stop. Let them fill you up. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.